Good morning. This is Claudia Shambaugh, your host on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine's Ask a Leader. This morning, we have on our show a very special look at what's going on behind the scenes and in front of, in public view, what's going on in Orange County. Uh, I have as my guest today uh, Nick Annis, who is the the current uh, director or the chair of the Orange County Young Republicans, and Jennifer Muir, the communications director for the Orange County Employees Association. We'll be back in just a gif. This is one of the only gaffes I hope I do commit today. I have on my show, it was a Freudian slip, folks, that um, we have uh, Nick Annis is not the chair of the Young Democrat, the Young Republicans. He is the very chair of the Orange County Young Democrats. I actually, and I'll mention it later on, that um, we did try to invite the Young Republicans to join us, and they did not answer my queries. So um, anyway, Nick is nothing but a, of the Democratic ilk here. So what we're going to do today is we're going to post you on the labor, labor movement live from Orange County. That is uh, more than 210 of Costa Mesa's 472 employees were given notices and layoffs and yesterday's uh, Los Angeles Times reported that uh, Newport Beach is determined to do something very similar, sort of making these uh, excising workers without conferring with them, without talking in uh, good faith about some of the, um, the uh, bargains that uh, the, the employees would be willing to concede. So uh, for our first guest, uh, Nick Annis is uh, in our show live. We'll introduce him in just a little bit, but because Jennifer Muir, a communications director of the Orange County Employees Association, has just a little bit um, of time with us this morning. We'll talk with her first. Uh, as I said, she's the communications director for the Orange County Employees Association. This is the county's largest public employee union representing 18,000 people in Orange Counties. Uh, and, and cities and special districts. Um, at OCEA, Jennifer is a member of the leadership team and is responsible for all outside media and internal communications, including the Orange County Employees Association's website magazine. Jennifer came to OCEA in July 2010 from the Orange County Register, our local paper here, where she was a reporter for more than seven years and was a member of the investigations team covering county government and politics and by the way folks in 2008 she was a finalist for an investigative reporters and editors award for her series about the protected uh, that is the uh, which uncovered abuses in statewide licensing programs welcome to the show jennifer thanks for having me claudia i'm so glad you're on today because of what's happening i mean we're i want you to um as now the communications director with the um, orange county employees association to talk in general, Jennifer Muir, about the importance of the labor movement. Well, um, you know, as you know, Claudia, the, the labor movement is um, responsible for, you know, many improvements to working people, establishing minimum wage, the 40-hour work week, um, workplace safety standards, paid holidays, maternity and parental leave rights, retirement security, and, um, and health care benefits. And, um, you know, now more than ever, it's it's important that um, workers, uh, working people in this country, continue to have a voice, especially uh, with the economy and um, in the state that it is. Um, you know, the students at UCI can can attest to the difficulty of finding a job in this market and finding a job with a wage um, where uh, where you can afford to rent an apartment, let alone ever buy a house or have a family. And so, um, you know, we work here to uh, ensure that working people are paid a fair wage and that they um, and that they have a voice in the workplace. And we have always, uh, you know, been partners with cities and um, and employers in in coming up with the best solutions that benefit the public and that also uh, that also continue to uh, maintain uh, the 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 
the middle class and um, and the status of working people, working men and women. And that's why it's just so sad um, uh, about what's happening in Costa Mesa, because in Costa Mesa, I mean, we, we all know that, that governments um, and in the private sector across the country is uh, struggling through this this difficult economic time, and um, but but the problem in Costa Mesa is that um, is that it's not about the budget there. It's absolutely about politics. Um, you know, our employees have always been at the forefront of uh, of collaborating with the with the city and uh, working toward sound financial solutions. We've, you know, come up with concessions. We've presented lists of hundreds of cost-cutting measures. And um, without any warning, um, you know, in a, in a very late-noticed uh, way, the city council voted to outsource uh, 213 employees. It's about half of the city's workforce without any study and any regard for how it would affect the community. So it's, it's, it's a very sad situation. And, um, and you know, we're doing everything we can to, to, to help make it better. Well, Jennifer, I noticed and looking up a little bit about the history of the OCEA, Orange County Employees Association, this organization has been around since the, the middle 30s. It seems like we're back where we're starting, doesn't it, to some extent? Well, I mean, we certainly are in a battle, um, you know, that, that, that is going to have consequences, far-reaching consequences. In Costa Mesa, if you lay off half the city's workforce, you are selling off their most uh, valuable asset, the institutional knowledge and the services that the community there has been uh, relying on for decades. And you can't get that back very quickly. And so the council is poised to make decisions that, that will have far-reaching consequences and, and irreparable consequences um, and, and intended consequences. I mean, they haven't even begun to study what the uh, what outsourcing would look like, whether it would save any money. Um, how, for example, if uh, one of the departments that they want to outsource is maintenance. So if you have a pothole on your street or if your street's flooded or if there's a, uh, if there's a tree that's downed in a storm, which, re- which recently happened to uh, somebody who spoke during public comment, there, they can't even tell you at this point whether you're going to call a call center in Texas to have a car from L.A. routed down to Costa Mesa. That's absurd, Jennifer. That's absurd. <laughs> God, keep going. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, so, so they just, they haven't, they haven't done the, the study necessary to ensure that the public is protected and, um, and, and that the public, that, that, there, that there won't be far-reaching unintended consequences that deeply impact the community. And so, um, you know, the, the, the community has really responded to this and, and stood up and repeatedly stood up at city council meetings and um, online through blogs to tell this council that, that they have bad priorities and that, you know, everybody acknowledges that we are all going through a very difficult financial um, financial situation in the public and the private sector. But you have to have common sense priorities to, to address those issues and work with the community and with the workforce to, uh, to, to address some of those issues. I mean, one example of something that, you know, they, they voted to outsource you know, half of the city, but didn't look at the, the top paid executives who combined make as much as the deficit that they've been talking about this year. And, you know, there's a $10,000 um, a month or a year car allowance for the city manager. You know, those are things that you could be looking at um, when you look at the entire uh, budget picture. You can look at some of the aesthetic uh, improvements at City Hall um, and, and, you know, do we need that this year? Can we hold off another year instead of laying off half the city workforce and reducing services and, you know, irreparably damaging uh, the services that are provided to the city? If you just tuned in, we're uh, talking to Jennifer Muir, Communications Director for the Orange County Employees Association, and uh, we're listening in along in the studio uh, and Contributing to at a certain point here uh, would be Nick Annis uh, with the Orange County um, Young Democrats. Um, so, um, with I, my what comes to my mind is, and I think the new governor of California is talking to, what happens with the inevitable privatizing of municipal services that 
the maintenance becomes a deferred maintenance becomes a more expensive maintenance proposition down the road. And and you said that the city of Costa Mesa really hasn't done their homework on how expensive this whole shift toward a private sector outsourcing is to a, a longer-term budget health for the city of Costa Mesa. Right. And, you know, another thing that they haven't considered, which is absolutely critical, especially in these times when you have, you know, the scandal in Bell, California, and, um, and you know, other examples of uh, executive greed uh, in the public sector, uh, they haven't really talked about what transparency measures they're going to enact throughout this process. As you shift to the private sector, you inevitably have more private companies lobbying government, and uh, and how that happens uh, is uh, the transparency with which that happens is absolutely critical to the public having a sense of security um, and confidence in their electorate. And just one example, yesterday in uh, the online investigative news site, Voice of Orange County, Voice of OC, uh, they broke a story about the mayor of Costa Mesa, Gary Monahan, who voted uh-huh. in 2009 to award a towing contract uh, to a company who, it turns out, was owned by uh, partners in his uh, in his private company, which is a bar called Scotch Monahan's in Costa Mesa. So he never disclosed to the public when voting for and arguing for awarding this contract that he had this conflict, that he was business partners, at least according to the public document cited in the voice of OC, that, um, that he never disclosed that there was that connection. And, you know, in the story, he said something about how, you know, he didn't do anything illegal. Well, you know, even, even if, even if it wasn't illegal, it begs the question about the, you know, the ethics of that and what level the public really wants its elected leaders to, uh, to disclose the, the potential conflicts of interest. And i you know, I think that the people of Costa Mesa fear that moving toward outsourcing, um, you know, a wholesale outsourcing, not, you know, not, not you know, very well studied uh, small examples of outsourcing, but wholesale outsourcing just opens up the floodgates for this type of abuse. And so, I mean, that's just another area where the city has failed to, to really discuss or, 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 or lay out a plan for the future. And is there um, a clamoring for a, stud- a fiscal study of this shift from the uh, the employee unions and uh, and the constituents of the city itself? Uh, are they addressing that very point? Yeah, absolutely. What's interesting about this entire uh, issue is that you know it's been it's been sold uh, by the uh, politicians on the city council as. Um, absolutely necessary in order to keep the the city financially solvent. And that sounds on its face like a palatable argument, right? Because we're in the middle of a recession and um, and it's pretty it's pretty easy to believe that, you know, everybody is, is having a tough financial uh, time. But when you actually look a little bit more closely at the numbers, they that's not the case in Costa Mesa. And Every every time they talk about the budget, um, whether it's the this year's um, supposed gap or the future projected costs, they change depending on what argument the city council wants to make, and they cannot. They've repeatedly been unable to withstand scrutiny. When you know when the media looks at these numbers, they find well, actually, you know, for example, the pension projections they've been using haven't been confirmed by CalPERS actuaries, and they make some assumptions that are just kind of, you know, off the wall that are not based in reality. And when you look at the budget numbers that they're using, well, it comes to find out, you know, that, that, those, that those budget numbers don't really have a basis. And, um, and so what we, what the, uh, the, Costa Mesa, the Costa Mesa Employees Association did at the last city council meeting was offer to pay for a, uh, an auditor to come in and look through the entire city's finances to get to get a more clear picture of what the actual financial situation is so that we can all come to the table and, um, and work uh, through that. As we have in the past, I mean, this year, you know, another thing that's just so heartbreaking about this is that these are employees who have been with the city, you know, some 30-plus years, who live in the city, who've raised their kids there, they're invested, they love the work they do. I talked to 
you know, one of the employees who fixes the, uh, his, his responsibility is to fix the police cars and the fire uh, trucks that that go out and serve the residents and he sees his role as a public safety role i mean if his if if the cars that he works on are not functioning properly then then you know the police and the fire trucks are not able to make it to the resident's house and 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 that and that's a huge responsibility that um, that he takes on. And so, you know, th- these are people who are invested in the community, who absolutely love the community, and who this year, um, you know, did pension reform. They created a new tier, and they're contributing more than ever before to the system. And they they have shown repeatedly that they're willing to do that, and um, have you know have made offers to to to, to talk about things again and. Um, so, you know, we are hopeful that the city will allow us to come in and uh, and do that audit so that we can begin this discussion. And, you know, we are absolutely hopeful and think it's critical that they uh, that the city council start by rescinding these layoff notices so that um, so that we can get a clear picture and actually actually move forward in a well thought out, well planned way that will not have all of these unintended consequences for the residents of Costa Mesa. Jennifer Muir, uh, communications director for the Orange County Employees Association, you're listening to here on Ask a Leader at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, streaming live on KUCI.org. Jennifer, you were uh, pointing another sort of uh, a cost here is when the if and when the many jobs are outsourced, there's going to be working relationships that are going to be ruptured. So the veterans and the institutional knowledge um, are no longer there if we're working with some kind of, uh, as you said, a sort of a distant uh, private contractor with the remaining city employees. Right, and it's really hard when, when you know, we talk about uh, outsourcing and privatizing in a matter of just dollars and cents, which, you know, we're not even doing in Costa Mesa. There's no plan in Costa Mesa, so we have no clear picture of dollars and cents. But then then there's there's something more than just dollars and cents, and that's the value of the institutional knowledge, the fact that yes. when you pick up the phone and call the city hall and you say, you know, uh, there's a pothole outside the jack-in-the-box off 17th, they know what you're talking about, as opposed to calling, you know, like I said, a call center in, you know, Louisiana or something, and, you know, the, the, the person who picks up the phone really doesn't have an idea about um, about where they're going, and you know, fire is another area that um, that is on the outsourcing list, and they they respond to communities that they know. They know the residents there, and you know, the maintenance department knows the residents, um, knows the streets really well, and so you know that when you talk about when you talk about numbers, a lot of times these politicians forget that you're also talking about real people, real people who have real families and who are, you know, putting kids through college and who um, are neighbors and who are invested members of the community who care about the community and take a lot of pride in the work that they do. Jennifer, do you have any idea what percentage of the city employees work in the same city? You know, I don't. Um, but anecdotally, we we hear we hear about a lot of them, and the and, and if they don't live directly in Costa Mesa, uh, many of them live in the surrounding communities. Um, you know, as you know, tragically, one of our employees, the day who uh, the day that he was called in to pick to pick up his layoff notice, um, uh, we fam uh, died that day. He um, jumped from the roof at City Hall, and he he lived in neighboring Fountain Valley and, you know, is a very invested member of his his community there. So, and he's, you know, just an example of the many people who uh, who are who are living and working and, and, um, and part of the community there. I appreciate that we um, deferred on waving this bloody shirt um, until a later part of the interview, because it, it is a, it is a tremendous toll that someone took their own life in the distress of the the looming uh, layoffs in the city of Costa Mesa. And um, I know that that damage is not even fully realized in the immediate circles of Mr. Fahm's family and his uh, those associations that he has with Costa Mesa and what that does with morale for the city employees and that kind of thing. It's just, the, I'm sure that just keeps opening up. And I, I think that was respectful of you to, to mention that uh, later on in this interview as we're talking about the cost, the toll. Jennifer, is this a done deal? We hope not. I, I mean, we just really hope that the city council um, 
takes a look at reality, takes a look at the at at the fact that what they are doing will have will will cause irreparable and unintended um, consequences to the to the city of Costa Mesa, and that they will rescind the layoff notices and come back to the table and start collaborating and you know and and working with the community uh, to 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 repair uh, to repair the city. Um, you know, it's the the one sort of very uplifting thing about all of this is that um, you're right, you know, the entire community, our our work family in Costa Mesa and the entire community coalesced um, in the the wake of of the tragedy and in the wake of the the layoff notices. And the community has come together and is, is finally, you know, speaking with a unified voice that that they really want the city council to slow down and rescind the layoff notices and um, and and move forward toward rebuilding the community with you know with respect and um, and care. Now, I think what you're alluding to here uh, is the coalition that was recently formed, Repair Costa Mesa, including community leaders. Uh, business owners, clergy, and other Costa Mesa stakeholders, and also including you, your yeah. organization. Um, how is this group getting involved in the situation now in Costa Mesa? So we're doing a lot of communicating with each other, you know, staying abreast of the news um, that, you know, that's unfolding in Costa Mesa. Uh, the um, There's been a, a a very wide turnout at city council meetings and um, and you know with a unified voice uh, urging the city council to rescind the layoff notices um, repair um, has a website it's repaircostamesa.com uh, and there's been some media uh, associated with that to educate the public about uh, what's happening in Costa Mesa and and the immediate need to uh, to rescind the layoff notices we're going to talk a little bit later with Nick Annis about um, why it's important that we watch very closely what's going on in Costa Mesa. And um, and um, so I want for people to take note, Jennifer Muir, the Communications Director for the Orange County Employees Association, is uh, cite, um, referring to the RepairCostaMesa.com website, the coalition of interested parties and stakeholders in Costa Mesa to deal with the looming uh, layoffs of about a, f- a half of the Costa Mesa public employees. Well, I do. Yes, Jennifer, you were saying. Oh, and I was also just going to mention that if um, if you are at all interested in uh, in supporting these employees through this desperately difficult time, join us on Facebook also at facebook.com slash RepairCostaMesa. And, you know, it's another way to become involved and learn more about what's happening there and just show your support. It's interesting that, you know, in um, in the weeks following uh, these layoffs, I, I've heard from so many uh, city workers who have talked to me about how how wonderful it feels that even through this difficult time that they feel supported by the community. And so every one of those voices helps. Um, it is a desperately sad time right now for them, and they're doing everything they can to continue to provide good services for the public and um, and, and figure out a way through this. And um, so, you know, we would all be very grateful for any support. Well, I think that's wonderful, and I, I, I want to um, just – one other as or two aspects of the, the fiscal side of this is that you talked a little bit about the transparency that is lacking in this process. Who are the beneficiaries of the outsourcing of the municipal um, services? Mm-hmm. Then the other the other end of that, Jennifer, that I get concerned about is the oversight of the product that's been delivered. You know, right. you lose you lose that, and then I I'm concerned by how. Because you you bring up the fiscal aspect, Nick is going to talk about all the political aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, is that we're the I noticed that the Newport Beach uh, City Council and uh, City Administration, like the Costa Mesa um, Administration, are talking. They're they're really putting apples and bananas together here. When we're there's capital improvements and there's operating. Uh, revenues that uh, you know funds and I, I know that the buildings are built with one pot of money and the operating funds a revenue or operating expenses are paid with other kinds of revenue and 
I, I don't appreciate that we're seeing those sources mixed up and there isn't money available. The money that is saved off of, you know, skimmed off of pensions doesn't go into building a city hall. It It's just, it goes somewhere else. And that's that's the, the transparency and oversight we're, we're missing here and, um, and the kind of clarity that um, a fiscal literacy missing in the what the leadership has to say in the municipalities here. Yeah, and you know, and I will say something about Newport Beach because we do represent employees there and it and you know, while while it is very difficult across this uh across this country right now, um Costa Mesa is is different than what's happening in Newport Beach. We're meeting with, uh, in fact, this morning, we're meeting with some uh, officials in Newport Beach, um, and and their layoffs are a little bit more limited in scope, and they're obviously looking at cost-cutting measures, which is not unusual, but, um, but we are at least grateful in Newport for the opportunity to discuss and and hopefully collaborate and come up with some solutions. And in Costa Mesa, that just hasn't been the case. I mean, they they put the word outsourcing on the city council agenda on a Friday and voted to do it on a Tuesday with, with you know, out contacting any department head to ask, well, where could you save some money? So, um, and, and without ever even looking at some reports that had been done, looking at those very things you're talking about, you know, the quality of service, the unintended consequences, such as, um, you know, when typically when you when you outsource a company, you you have one price that you agree to, but, you know, depending on how far along the road you go down, you have a, a much less control over increasing costs. And so sometimes the initial price tag is a lot lower than you, than you um, were led to believe. And, um, and you, you have less control over the quality of service, so you're absolutely right. And those are the things that, you know, even our employees had done, um, done a couple studies into, into different areas of the city and determined, weighed that sort of cost-benefit analysis uh, for outsourcing specific services. And, you know, the council would have known about that if they had even contacted those city, uh, those city departments to talk about it before they decided to just, you know, wholesale sell off the city. So... And, and 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 sell it off for political gain um, to to advance this you know ideological agenda that um, that that all of them have been fighting for for a long time. So anyway, I really appreciate yes. um, really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. I'm so glad you could be here. I know you have that meeting to get ready for and to be at. And so I thank you, Jennifer, for being on our show this morning. That was Jennifer Muir, Communications Director for the Orange County Employees Association. Thanks for being on the show. Take, Take care. care, Claudia. Good luck. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So uh, that is the start of our topic here with what's going on with the municipalities and um, uh, their related uh, authorities and agencies in Orange County. We'll take a short break and then resume this discussion with Nick Annis, chair of the OC um, Orange County Young Democrats, and uh, the he's also with the Daily Consulting um, firm, and uh, we'll uh, talk to the political and if he wants a bit more of the fiscal. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ask a Leader here on KUCI 88.99 FM in Irvine, streaming live on KUCI.org. And there are podcasts available of some of these shows that I've been doing here on Ask a Leader. This is Claudia Shamba, your host. We're resuming with our uh, ever-developing um, story in Costa Mesa and in other municipalities in Orange County. Uh, talking now to Nick Annis, who is currently the chair of the Orange County Young Democrats, and he's also an associate at Daily Consulting, a fundraising and a political consulting firm. And just a little bit of a background, he is a La Habra native. He became politically active during the 2008 Democratic primaries while um, uh, attending UC Santa Barbara, where he got his Bachelor's of Arts uh, in uh, Political Science in 2008. And he moved back to Orange County 
in that same fall, he volunteered and became a canvas director for the Orange, uh, for the California Democratic Party coordinated campaign in Santa Ana. And after the election, he interned for the Democratic Party of Orange County. He was the assistant campaign manager for the Beth Crom for Congress campaign during the 2010 elections. So, Nick, I, thanks for coming on the show this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here. And what I'd like to do is see if we're, we'd like to resume the topic that Jennifer Muir of the communicate of the Orange County Employees Association with which you're working with the uh, Orange County Young Dems. Um, do you want first to talk about the uh, let's talk about how the process we see unfolding in Wisconsin, that broader strategy has been reversed now with a bottom up sort of a, um, c- city by city kind of a strategy with um, forces uh, very unsympathetic to labor. Well, sure. I mean, what you have is um, the Republican Party here, are um, their goal is the same. They want to end basically union influence um, within the Democratic Party, and they're using different tactics. So what you had in Wisconsin was an effort by the governor and the legislator to end collective bargaining rights. Um, what you have here in Costa Mesa and probably some other cities is um, an effort to weaken the unions by decreasing their membership. Uh, but you do have the same goal. Uh, it was actually Scott Baugh, who's the chair of the Republican Party in Orange County, who uh, said that Wisconsin has come to California, and it really has. And it's really rare for us in Orange County to have the, you know, that fight come directly to us. It's here, and we're, you know, we did get that uh, breaking news yesterday from uh, Newport Beach that there is, although as Jennifer characterized it, it's a it's a different kind of. Uh, um, Good, it's a better faith effort to uh, negotiate with the uh, city employees. It is, though, it is coming fast, and it is, they're using similar, uh, I guess, discourse about, as I was saying earlier, putting, they're ta- mixing capital improvement with general revenues, um, general, um, um, general uh, use revenues. Um, uh, so I'm, I think we want it to find out here why what's you said they now what's what's going on are there specific individuals that are taking their template out of Wisconsin out of uh, K Street and uh, putting it right smack in the middle of the most Republican municipality in Orange County I mean what the Republicans are really doing I mean this is really an attack on the Democratic Party as a whole and that's how I see it Um, You know, they're using the guise of fiscal responsibility to say that we need to cut these workers. But, you know, they're not really attacking the big budget items. I think you saw that. um, You've seen that on various issues, not just on unions, but with other organizations such as Planned Parenthood. Excuse me, Planned Parenthood. I mean, who are two of the largest supporters of the Democratic Party are labor unions and women's organizations like Planned Parenthood, Emily's List, the National Organization of Women, and what have you. And since the Repub- Republicans have taken power in Congress, those are some two of the largest or two of the organizations they have attacked. So, I mean, we really see it as an attack on the Democratic Party, and an e- it's really an effort to weaken it. Well, Nick, do you, who do you think came to whom first? Do you think that Costa Mesa saw an opportunity in trying to um, go after some some nice kind of contractual arrangements, or do you think someone, Taxpayers Association, Grover Norquistish type of person came to them and said, hey, you are our poster municipality? Well, you know, I think, you know, you probably had someone either within the Republican Party in Orange County or outside saying, you know, how do we, um, you know, weaken the influence of Democrats in this blue state? Um, they know they knew they wouldn't be able to do it through the legislator, or the governor. Here we have a great governor, and we have a very pro-union, uh, pro-labor legislator. Um, so they probably looked at the local level and they saw that you know in the most conservative county, uh, probably in the state, um, they saw you know a way to do this. So, so are you um, yourself uh, working with the Repair Costa Mesa effort in that coalition? Well, what we're looking to do is really. Um, inform those in the uh, in the Democratic Party here in California and Orange County about exactly what is happening because it's definitely happening behind the scenes um, and we really want to inform people that this 
you know, could be coming to a city near them and that they need to basically, you know, be ready for what could be a potential fight. So we, you know, we figure if we could help work with, you know, the Orange County Employees Association and others to kind of stop this in Costa Mesa to hopefully, you know, prevent it from spreading to other areas. Well, were you surprised with the, the Newport Beach article yesterday? Um, well, Newport Beach is a very conservative city, so I would not be surprised to see that would be, you know, one of the cities that would be next as a target to, to for public employees. But, you know, it sounds like that they are negotiating in a, you know, in a better, in good faith, basically, um, and that there is a better effort as transparency because they saw the backlash um, that in Costa Mesa and they don't want that to come to their backyard as well. So, so you and speaking of backlash, you don't think that uh, Costa Mesa saw a backlash coming with uh, how the Wisconsin model was playing out with so many uh, new immediate political results at after having the the um, the the kind of dynamic set in motion by their governor, I mean, it was definitely poor judgment on that part. And you know, as Jennifer said earlier, um, that you know they rushed this decision through without you know consulting with um, other departments in the city. And um, I think that's probably in an effort to avoid a backlash. But I think it just had the opposite effect. You think? So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well. Nick, you are also involved in some very important work with grooming or uh, and preparing a young activist uh, within the Democratic organization here in Orange County. Um, you've put on some workshops in the last um, month or so. Uh, yeah. How uh, are you, um, what were some of the results, what were some of the activities that you had going with getting uh, I, presumably some people affiliated with UC Irvine and mm -hmm. around. How, how did those workshops, uh, what did they yield, do you think? Well, I mean, the goal of the workshops is to really help train lots of our young activists or those who want to be, you know, more involved on the ins and outs of, um, you know, basic aspects of helping run, like running an organization or even campaigns of so fundraising um, and, you know, different methods of membership outreach. Um, one of the actual new workshops that was brought in was actually a labor workshop because um, what we've seen is that lots of the youth or young progressives in this county are really uninformed on the labor movement. Um, they haven't had to go through that fight and they have taken things like the eight-hour workday, healthcare benefits, um, a safe workplace, or even you know a chance of a good retirement for granted. And so we're trying to educate them that, look, we, you know, I personally, I want to be able to retire at 65. I want an eight-hour workday. Um, and that, you know, we could actually live in a world if we let this, you know, the Republicans basically um, f get this through, that we could live in a world where we don't have that. So, Well, um, for those who maybe weren't able to accompany uh, you in the workshops, can you post folks with where they can get involved now, and we'll, we'll talk about where you're headed here in, in the ser next several months, but how can they get a hold of you, Nick? Um, definitely go to our website, uh, www.ocyd.org. Um, we're also really, really active on Facebook and Twitter. Um, you know, Facebook.com slash OCYoungDems would probably uh, be the best place to go. We actually have our monthly meeting this Thursday um, at 7 p.m. Where at, is that going to be? It's at Bistro 400 in Santa Ana. It's 400 West 4th Street. It's, we have monthly meetings the second Thursday of every month. Um, it's a great opportunity to network with other young progressives from around the county. And we're actually going to be speaking about um, the upcoming Democrat or California Democratic Convention at the end of the month. And actually about this, more about this Costa Mesa campaign. Jennifer Muir is actually going to be our guest speaker. So Okay, well, good. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about the c convention here in just a little bit. But so those are important contacts. You're, uh, those of you who've just tuned in, we're talking to Nick Annis who is currently the, um, he's an associate at Daily Consulting, a fundraising political consulting firm, and chair of the Orange County Young Democrats. And by the way, listeners, I did, I surely tried to reach the Orange County Young Republicans, and I was unsuccessful in securing their appearance <laughs> on this show. And uh, if anyone out there knows of a way in which I can get a hold of them and give them a forum, I'm entirely happy to do that. And I'll remind folks that my email for this particular program is C 
S-H-A-M-B-A-U-G-H, at K-U-C-I dot org. And if you want to know how that's Shambaugh spelled again, it's on the website for our radio program. So uh, anyway, we're talking with Nick Annis uh, about what is brewing with the the young Dems here in Orange County. Uh, while you're grooming them, as you said, your sights are now set on the state convention, which will be held when and where? Well, the California Democratic Party convention is the annual is an annual convention. Think of it as, you know, the Democratic National Committee has their convention every four years with, you know, where they nominate and there's delegates. Well, that's what this is for the state party. Um, it's at the, it's actually the last weekend of the month in Sacramento. And um, our real goal uh, this month of April. Yep. OK. It's at the end of this month. And, you know, our real goal is to, was to um, kind of sh- use that as a venue to show um, activists across the state what's happening here in Orange County and how could it potentially affect them. Um, You know, at this convention, it's probably the only time of year where you have, you know, thousands of, you know, party activists, elected officials and media all in one place. So it's perfect for us to showcase this. Yeah. And we, you know, we really are going to, you know, have a very large visibility campaign. Um, There will be, you know, representatives from the Orange County Employees Association, Orange County Young Democrats. Um, We actually are looking to gather pledge cards um, from activists across the state so we could keep them informed on what's going on down here. Well, that's a remarkable opportunity to, to bring that. People need to know and the people need to be known about in a form like that. And I noticed that this Costa Mesa story was not a, a local interest. It's picked up by all the major papers, including the Washington Post and the New York Times. So I, I think this, the state convention delegates are going to be really primed to hear about it directly from inside OC. So um, that's going to be very important. So you're, aren't you now a delegate, Nick? I was, I am an elected delegate, yes. For the 70th Administrative District? Yes, the and 70th Assembly District. Sunny Zia was on this program a couple of weeks ago, and so she'll be up there uh, helping out with this too. Yeah, and we're really trying to make a very um, concerted effort to get um, especially our young um, delegates up to the convention. We've actually um, are in the process of chartering a bus to drive up to Sacramento because we know a lot, at least for lots of, you know, the college students and other young Democrats that transportation can really be an issue. So we really want to show in the state party that, you know, this may be a red county, but that we have lots of activists here. You know, Orange County has more than half a million Democrats. That's more than San Francisco County. That's more than Sacramento County. Um, so when you're talking about things like statewide races, we do matter. And, you know, there just happens to be a few more Republicans, but, you know, we're working on it. Well, Nick, now that you mentioned that little bus that's going to shuffle off to, to Sacramento, I want for you to let me know the, where that staging area is, and we'll be sure to announce that so that they can get a, a, a hearty farewell from that staging place. Do you happen to know where that's going to be now? Um, tentatively, it will probably be at the headquarters of the OCEA just because they have secure parking. Um, so we're just kind of deal with the logistics with that. Um, and we will probably we will be live tweeting and you know updating our social media um, while on the bus. I suppose with uh, Flag Radio that UCI has helped launch um, last week, uh, a week ago and yesterday, there might be uh, ample opportunity, too, to hook everybody all the way up with um, a a proper send-off for these um, soldiers, uh, public policy soldiers, I'm going to say. I'm going to start calling them that, definitely. (laughs) Good. Well, um, because we we want to send them off. And so where where is the OCEA um, office? Um, They are in Santa Ana. Uh, I don't have the exact address. I know it's on Ross Street, um, but we'll make sure to get those details over to you. Well, that's near all the um, the um, City, county facilities. Definitely, yeah, okay. right in downtown Santa Ana. All right. Well, you, when you're getting close to high rises, you're, you're close, folks. But we'll uh, try to do everything we can to uh, announce those um, the time and the place so that those of you who can't be there, you can maybe you can tuck little notes on their clipboards. You can wave them off to Sacramento to... Um, for them to, uh, in, you know, get involved in meeting and congregating and fomenting uh, over uh, what happens when fiscal distress um, creates these kinds of uh, uh, financial catastrophes on the very, very, very local level. Well, um, you're uh, talking about organizing the Young Democrats. Um, what uh, what else are do you have uh, in mind for... Uh, for uh, other activities after 
the uh, convention at the end of April? I mean, we always have a, a variety of events going on. Um, you know, we have our monthly meetings, which are, you know, basically mixers where we kind of discuss what's going on in the county with guest speakers. Um, again, that's the second Thursday of the month at Bistro 400 in Santa Ana on West or 400 West 4th Street. But, you know, we always do a variety of events. We had the training last month um, where we train young activists. We've done beach cleanups before. Um, we were actually we were pretty active when um, the whole issue with uh, the Deborah Polly and the hate and OC video came out. So, you know, we're always looking for more things to do. And, um, you know, we're going to have a lot of great events hopefully coming up um, this year and going into the election year. Well, that's really great. And uh, Nick, your your term as a delegate, that's a two-year term? Uh, yes, it is a two-year term. This takes you all the way till the the National Democratic Convention will be convened. And gosh, I'm trying to remember. It's in it's uh, North Carolina. North Car- I, I was going to say North Carolina. Yeah. And so um, you'll be, is it Charlotte? It's got a yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm unfortunately, I wish I was a DNC delegate, but I'm a state party delegate, so oh. I won't have a vote in that. Those DNC delegate races can be very competitive, actually. Okay, um, so that's very important for us to bone when, up on. Yeah, mm-hmm. but when the um, when next year um, and beyond, when the California Democratic Party does endorsements for statewide candidates, governor, lieutenant governor, et cetera. That's the caucusing for that. Yeah, that's where we that's where we come in, or on propositions and what have you. Okay, okay. Well, stay tuned, folks. You can see... Um, how you can get involved on those levels and find and get involved with who is representing you at the Democratic National Convention in North Carolina, OC to NC as it is. Well, I um I don't know um if you have are, have you met with the, your counterparts the, the um, young Republicans uh, of recent or is that I we actually have um, not. I know that there have been some candidate forums and you know possibly debates in the past like years ago before I was involved. Um, but we have emailed them on a few other issues, but we've never received a response. So I don't know if it's a bad email or they just don't you know, feel it necessary to respond to us. Well, uh, we do want to engage with you young Republicans. And um, so take note and uh, you've got all the contact information and we're, we're going to keep trying to reach you guys because uh, that this is where um, relationships of a very important kind are forged and you don't know what happens until you try. Exactly. (laughs) So um, I'm so glad uh, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, streaming live on KUCI.org. Nick Annis is with us uh, in this latter part of the show. Uh, He is the chair of the Orange County Young Dems and a consultant with Daily Consulting, fundraising and political consulting firm. Do you want to talk a little bit about what work you're involved in that capacity, Nick, before we send you out of here uh, for well, your next, uh, your schedule, your tight schedule. That's uh, my day job. We do a uh, political fundraising out of Orange County and uh, primarily Los Angeles. Um, so we, you know, basically raise money and um, for uh, Democratic candidates. So you've got, uh, are you working on Deborah Bowen's campaign right now? Um, actually, one of our clients is actually the Janice Hahn campaign. Oh, who's Deborah's opponent? Oh, you're okay. <laughs> but I think Deborah Bowen's a great Secretary of State and also a great Democrat. So you have to work on how you dealing with your relationships as oh, a, of course. a pr- always, consultant. It always, now it's it all intertwines sometimes, so you have to kind of tread carefully. <laughs> yes, that that is a dicey one. Well, um, and uh, uh, did you find that what you've done? You've, you I mean you've put yourself out there in terms of all kinds of volunteering you uh, were active at University of California Santa Barbara and so all of this has been very important for you to be able to take on these important professional roles at this point yeah oh definitely um, I you know in politics there's really no if you know for anyone ever looking for any kind of political work um, there's really no such thing as on-the-job training it's really you know when Lots of the times campaigns or consultants look for staff. They look to people who have been active in the past, especially through young Democrats. I think it's probably the, one of the best tools a young, I guess, politico could have um, in getting involved on, in politics. I mean, frankly, I mean, I was a political science major, but it pretty much did bupkis in teaching me about real politics. Um, and it's really the young Democrats that really did that for me. Well, that's very good. I'm, I'm so glad um, to get such a input this morning from uh, your illustrious involvement at, uh, on all these levels and I uh, I wish you all the success in uh, getting us from here 
till uh, the end of April. And um, also, with uh, feel free to, um, if you will make yourself available at uh, the, on the show at a later date and post us on some of these developments that are, I mean, they're very, they're, it's, they're very new kind of situations right now, and we're in very uncharted territory. Yeah, and we're, you know, we're definitely moving fast. I would love to come back. <laughs> maybe we'll have a Republican this time to maybe discuss their point of view. Well, that's, um, that <laughs> would be ideal. It would be. And so, uh, and we're, that's an earnest plea, folks, that we're not uh, the least bit facetious about this. And so um, I, I would like to find out because of, of these developments, there's going to be a lot to, to watch at what's going on, and it's going to affect us. It's going to affect us politically, financially, I dare say even culturally to some extent. So um, I, I thank you, Nick, for, for coming on the show today and uh, uh, wish you every success in building uh, lots of young activists and uh, building uh, electoral interest in the campaigns that you're involved too. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Take care. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be back after this break. The views of this show are not necessarily those of the KUCI management nor the University of California Board of Regents. The show, um, Ask a Leader, will uh, resume next week with uh, Victor Bracera, who on the UCI faculty will talk about community involvement, town and gown connections, and I hope uh, that Michael Montoya can join him. And then we'll have our uh, celiac alternative baker who um, was originally scheduled for today to join us next week. Thank you all for joining us. George had a hat with senior George Gonza Rosales is next up. Mm-hmm.